0: Where's it coming from?
1: Let's find out. Hello and welcome to the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Barbara Fisher, and today we're talking with, well, I say we, now it's the royal we. Um, I'm used to having at least one other host, but today I'm talking with Susan Demeter. She's the author of the book Cosmic Witch. This is her second visit to our podcast. And today we're going to talk about witches, witchery, witchcraft. And popular culture and history. So, hello, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good. A little Excellent.
0: hot over here. Um, yeah. In Central Europe, we're going through a heat wave. But other than that, hanging in there and excited to talk to you.
1: Well, here it's Ohio, and August in Ohio is always miserable. So, I feel you. Um, yeah. The only reason I'm not miserable is I'm sitting in a basement right now. So, it's good. Yeah. All right. So. When we did our first episode, you and I, we mm-hmm. talked about your book, um, The Cosmic Witch, which I still highly recommend it. And I, I got an unusual response from one person. pretty much it was universally liked except for one person. and it was a, it was a culture clash. He didn't understand why we would use the word witch because he's been living in the Philippines for many, many decades. And he, you know, in the Philippines, that word um, translated into Spanish is not a good word ever. It is always a a malefic sort of epithet. It's always bad. And then they have the word for healer. And he said, it sounds like what you and Susan do you're actually healers. So I wanted to kind of talk about that in case there was anybody else who kind of had a culture clash, you know, of understanding of witchcraft, what we mean when we say witch and why we chose the word witch. So I'll let you open that.
0: Well, I think that, um, I totally understand, um, where the listener was coming from, um, not just being the Philippines, but um, culturally. I'm Canadian by birth, but I live in Italy now. And the word for witch and witchcraft in, in Italy is strega or stregarina and that definitely has very negative continuations. Even though witchcraft and, and paganism is, is quite um, alive and well here in Italy, uh, it is still considered a negative word. Um, so I think that, that there's going to be some work to try to, to still reclaim that in many different cultures. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that you've asked me to come on the show and, and, and talk about this a little bit. Maybe we can Give people a better understanding of why it is we we're so comfortable with this word that you know, even witch like people use it uh, you know in in Western culture, um, you know is a bad term like oh you witch you know <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and so so yeah. it's still it still needs some work there but definitely yeah I can understand why in the Philippines other areas of the world. Um, you know, and, and certainly in Italy, the word strega is still, still has a negative, uh, to it, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, it, it still does in parts of the United States, as you say, Mm -hmm. which is used to rhyme with the B word. Yeah. um, (laughs) And (laughs) as, as basically a nicer way to say the B word, um, in, in some circles, Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, older women in particular uh, get tagged with that if they are assertive or um, opinionated. And and that's true also in, in Great Britain as well, as far as I know. Uh, it's still used negatively. So the question, of course, is if it's still used negatively in many places in the world, why try to reclaim it why not come up with a new word or a different word i
0: think i'm gonna can i can i quote starhawk here because i think that that this is this is really this is what i resonates with me and and i've used this quote in my own book in regards to the word witch Uh, and i'm going to quote starhawk here the word witch carries so many negative continuations that many people wonder why we use the word at all Yet to reclaim the word witch is to reclaim our right as women to be powerful and as men to know the feminine within as divine. And that, of course, is from the seminal work, The Spiral Dance, A Rebirth of the Ancient Religions of the Goddess. And that really resonates with me. Because, um, as you pointed out, you know, people will use it as a bad word towards, you know, maybe an older woman, um, a, the crone, somebody who has is outspoken, uh, someone who is the weirdo or the, you know, the, the person that doesn't necessarily fit into society, but still has a voice or is a powerful voice. Um, women that live uh, by their own agency, you know, these all are described as a witch. And that that scares some people, you know. Yeah. People are scared of that. So that they'll use the word witch as an epitaph, but actually it's a it's a good word to use, you know. Um mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm very proud of being a witch. I, I I use that word and I take on the archetype all of it because it empowers me. Uh and that's and 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 it, it reflects what I do, you know. Yes. As in witchcraft being a verb. And and which being the definer as 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 to who I feel within my heart, you know, as as a powerful woman in control of my own life. Yes, yes, I agree.
1: I agree. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, Starhawk. Starhawk's definition of why we use the word which I think is probably the most poetic and um, accurate. Uh, way to explain so many people's feelings. It just crystallizes why we do these things, why we took mm-hmm. that name and use it proudly. Um yeah. I, I think it's very important also there's there's a there's a great history of people using that word in a positive sense uh during the Early women's movement for uh, suffrage. Mm-hmm. You know the the image of the witch was thrown at these women who dared to stand up and say, "Hey, hello, we have brains. We can yes. vote. We'd like to vote. Thank you. We are citizens. We do. You know, we pay taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, we work. We contribute to the country. We contribute to the economy. Yeah. So." Yeah. And when the word witch was thrown at them, some of them stood up and said, okay, fine. Then that's, then that's what we are.
0: You know, if you want
1: to look at it that way, fine. And there is some great strength and power in standing up and saying, okay, if that's how you want to play guys, if that's how you want to play society, if you want to be afraid of a witch and you're going to call me that anyway, then that's what I'll be. Exactly. Like she, the, the witch to me is, is the perfect symbol
0: of, um, female oppression and liberation. Okay. Yes. So, I mean, when you look at the witch and, and all the history behind it, yeah, like certainly she was oppressed, but she was also liberated, you know, herself. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, no, I I I, I perfectly I, I see perfectly why as as a feminist icon the witch is 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 the perfect definition. And so of course take it on, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean yeah. why why deny it if it's gonna be thrown at you anyway? that yes. um, it just makes sense just to accept even if you're not religiously a witch, even if you just mm-hmm. take it on as a symbol. Mm-hmm. That is a very powerful symbol for, uh, women just in general, if you think about it.
0: Oh yeah, no. And I mean, I, I've read papers, um, uh, mostly to do with, uh, Jungian psychology where the witch archetype is used to empower women, um, that are, are, are suffering various, uh, different things within their lives where they could use that empowerment that to explore through the witch archetype, um, it it really does. It, it, it allows us to, to empower ourselves, to liberate ourselves, um, you know, and to tap into that divine
1: feminine as well. I think. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that it's, it's really an important symbol, archetype, personality type um, pop culture icon uh because the witch is everywhere mm-hmm. it, it's that that symbol she's everywhere you look she's everywhere from fairy tales that we are read as children from television shows you know the first the first halloween costume i ever had the first time i went trick or treating i was 4 years old and my favorite Character on television was Witchy Poo from H.R. Oh, yeah. Puff and stuff, <laughs> and she wasn't a nice person. <laughs> she, no, but she was, she was wonderful. But she was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So my mother made me a little dress with raggedy sleeves and and dagged edges at the at the hem, and a little black cape, mm-hmm. and bought me a plastic you know witch hat and a little toy broom, and I was thrilled and i you know would gallop around the the backyard with that even after halloween was over i wore that thing until i outgrew it and would gallop around on my little toy broom and and laugh and cackle and you know turn people into frogs and toads and all kinds of (laughs) things (laughs) You know,
0: <laughs> I did. I did the same thing, and I, I, I think I've I've posted pictures before up to the, to my Facebook page of you know I think I was a witch every single Halloween except one where I was Princess Leia. <laughs> I mean, another sort of powerful rebellious woman. Um, that- but yeah, my entire yeah. Halloween costumes were always witches, and now of course I, as an adult, I like to do the full dressing up as the witch, the full black cone, everything like it. To me, I just,
1: I love it. I I love the archetype. Yeah. uh, Yeah. It feels like home. Yes, it Uh, does. Even, even watching The Wizard of Oz Mm -hmm. when I was a kid, you know, the, the Wicked Witch of the West is generally considered scary and she is, I mean, she, Mm -hmm. she, she's, she's downright, you know horrifying to some children i know my daughter morgana for years wouldn't watch the sh- the movie mm-hmm. and finally i sat down with her to watch it and she watched it with me because she knew i could protect her from the wicked witch um, but the only thing about the wicked witch i didn't personally much like was uh her flying monkeys i, I didn't like them they creeped me out yeah they are they just the the way
0: they're depicted on screen and just the idea of them, yeah, is kind of creepy. yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> I didn't like their little wings. I didn't like their little suits. I didn't like their little creepy faces. I didn't like
0: yeah. them, yeah, but... she
1: terrified me,
0: but at the same time, she fascinated me um i i i I was so drawn to that that particular character. Um, yeah. at the time, but I mean, there was also that fear. And I mean, that's part of the witch thing, too. Um, you know, is that 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 sense of because she is powerful and she is in control and she's in control of her environment. And that is something that we don't at least when we were growing up, we didn't really see that much, you know, so no. here's this so so this this is, I think, part of the the attraction, but at the same time, you know, you kind of that. Kind of a little bit backed off because she, you know, she's this unknown element, but at the same time, there's something attractive about that. Right. Right. So, yeah. So I, I, I also embrace the wickedness, you know, Yeah.
1: that is yeah. part well, of the, the witch. <laughs> and, you know, interestingly, if you look at the film, mm-hmm. uh, Elvira, Elmira Gulch is not a nice person and no. she is clearly villainous. Um, yes. She she wants to have a, a little dog put down mm-hmm. because it bit her, but yeah. she's not showing any serious sign of having been hurt by the animal. And she's yeah. really just being cruel at that point. Now, yeah. Dorothy should have put the dog on a leash. Yes, this is true. But mostly she's, Ms. Gulch is just being the neighborhood bully essentially. Yes. And uh she's really nasty about it, but if you look at the wicked witch of the west, all she wanted was her sister's shoes. Yeah. That's what she wanted and and they by right belonged to her, not to the girl whose house fell on her. Um and so even as a child I was kind of like, you know, daddy Why, Mm -hmm. why do we think she's so wicked if she just wants her sister's shoes? Yeah. And he said, well, you know, maybe her sister stole them. And I was like, well, they, she didn't steal them from Dorothy. Dorothy wasn't there. Mm -hmm. They probably don't belong to Dorothy. So basically Dorothy got, you know, I didn't say this as a little kid, but I realized that the the Good Witch of the North had kind of uh, maybe manipulated Dorothy into a situation between the witches that wasn't her place to be in.
0: Well, that's yeah. That's I mean, not she...
1: exactly good. <laughs>
0: Well, exactly. I mean, like, if you look at Glinda's part in all this, it seems like she's masterminded this horror show. I mean, come on. You know, because she, she couldn't have helped Dorothy out in the very beginning. Like, you know, she had the shoes, the powers within you all the time. Well, obviously, in my opinion, Dorothy was also a witch um, mm-hmm. because the powers within her. It's not really within the shoes. The shoes were a prop. But still, I mean, you know.
1: Yes, that, they, that were, Glinda, they were. They were. Glinda was not necessarily the nicest, you know, either. Uh huh. <laughs> and so that again, and and the thing is, is I think people when they watch the movie, all of this stuff is in the background of their heads, yes. you know, because it it you know we generally watch movies, we don't think too deeply about them, especially if they're kids' movies. But in the back of our heads, you know, Jung would say this was true as well. Those archetypes are back there and they're moving around in our subconscious mind and they're talking to us. And so we have these innate understandings. We just don't think about them. So I think it's one of the lessons of that particular film is, well, the Good Witch is beautiful. And Mm -hmm. she I, I love that she floats around in a pink orb. That's, you know, that's super amazing. Yes. (laughs) Um, Very cosmic witchy. Um, And and she has a lovely enchanting voice. And she appears to be nice or good. Mm -hmm. But there's darkness in her as well. She did manipulate the situation. And then there's... The Wicked Witch, and, you know, she has flying monkeys. Clearly, that's a kind of iffy situation there. You know, are you doing genetic experimentations, ma'am? <laughs> you know, have you talked to the ethics board about that? What's going on? Exactly. And, uh, no, you know, free the she, monkeys. Free them. And she has slaves. Yes. She has the, the gray-skinned guards who, you know, have mm-hmm. the big tall Russian hats. Yeah. And they didn't want to work for her and so that's not good either but at the same time she just wants her sister's shoes exactly and i mean even in
0: the end like in in like her dying scene she's still you know she i, I guess she represents some form of strength and and belief in herself you know mm-hmm. um you know she she still she like she was shocked oh you, you know you little girl you outwitted me right I mean, yeah you know so she's still in her own way represented this sort of powerful uh outsider this because of course you know she's green you know nobody else mm-hmm. is really green in this and uh and and you know she looks the part of 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 the the, the wicked you know the wicked witch mm-hmm. the archetypal wicked witch and uh but yet she's she's reveling in herself you know oh my wickedness my this and that and so you know, there's something about that that's attractive. You know, mm-hmm. like she's not ashamed of who she is. You know, no. here I am, you know, and I'm powerful and I'm going to do my thing. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. And she's, she's very, very, she's willful. You know, women aren't supposed to be willful, um, especially at the time that film was made and at the time that book was written. Yeah. And when I was growing up in the late 60s, early 70s, mid 70s, women were still supposed to be, you know, quiet, doing their thing that they're told that they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And they're not supposed to be unashamedly self-directing, uh, self-reliant. You know, that's the other thing is is Dorothy has friends who help her out. And the Wicked Witch mm-hmm. is pretty much self reliant. Exactly. I think her only ally had been her sister. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I I kind of felt bad when when she was killed by water. Um, yeah. I, I was I you know I I felt a little bit bad for, her. and I I was kind of gleeful about her wickedness in, in a way, because I was a very, very, quote unquote, good girl. Yeah. And, you know, through her, I could revel in not being nice, you know, yes. even though I personally could not be mean, but mm-hmm. I could see the the attractiveness of someone who just didn't have time for being nice. <laughs> you know, there was exactly. just no... Yeah or
0: you know like or as a kid being bullied you know you uh-huh. there's an attraction to to the to the, the witch to the outsider to the you know because she's such a strong and and, and powerful and you know, and and I think that's part of the attraction as well, because you know, when I was a kid, I was rather shy and awkward and and you know, I went through the bullying thing and and so, of course, you know, you you want to be this powerful, wicked witch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll show you kind of thing. so it's 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 an empowering image in some ways, um, to 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 be, you know the the witch. To be the monster to be the the that you know at least that's this as the story as dorothy's story goes you know um but yeah yeah you're right especially too if you know in that time frame when it was written you know women had very clear societal role that you know you're supposed to be meek and obey the husband and you know clean the house and have the baby and say nothing else right right so i mean um and at this point you know witches had been demonized for you know centuries and centuries so you know the witch was a very you know representing you know a powerful woman who had sovereignty over herself they they were demonized right right so you know this is where i guess the 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 character of the wicked witch versus but it it was nice to see though that there was a good witch as well apparently you know who was doing good things because glinda was also you know labeled as the witch um Mm -hmm. being helpful and kind and whatnot even though we you know we suspect she's had her own dark side there (laughs) but
1: (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, she probably did. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, and and yes, there was a good witch, and so I grew up, you know, because that was on the television once a year. So yeah. I grew up watching it every year, and so in my head, of course, mm-hmm. growing up, witches weren't only bad; they were also good. However, I still preferred the wicked witch's wardrobe to the beautiful pink ball gown. That Glinda War with the oh, giant yes. see-through crown, <laughs> you know, I I I was like, nah, nah, sister, no. nah, I don't, I no. don't, no, no, no. Uh, my pink face did not last very long as a child, so yeah, I I yeah. didn't I didn't uh, get into that nearly as much. And then, of course, uh, when I was growing up, Bewitched was on television, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I loved Endora. She was my favorite character and I wanted to grow up and be her. You know, if if you're not going to wear all black, then wear sequins of like emerald green and, and chiffon and feathers and do up the cat eye makeup and have flaming red hair. That's, that's what we should all do exactly
0: and she's another one who like you know the wicked witch of the west was not ashamed to be a witch i mean she's like you have you have samantha and samantha's lovely in that and she's she's trying to conform into a society norm and dora had none of that
1: oh she thought it was ridiculous
0: exactly she she reveled in the fact that she was a witch she reveled in her otherness her magic her you know, that's that's what attracted me as well to Endora. Like I always thought she was the coolest. I I, I, yeah. I just loved her little jibes towards Durwood.
1: There, I mean, like, you know. <laughs> I never saw the attraction of Durwood, but yeah, yeah no, what, no. <laughs> I think I think in a way we weren't supposed to see the the attraction to Durwood, but yeah, yeah. exactly, because there was some satire going on in there.
0: Oh, for sure, for sure, but. um but yeah she was another another character from pop culture that i could see as as you know really um helping to to define that word in a modern sense again a a a woman who is is very powerful and strong and outspoken she's the mother-in-law you know she's the crone at this point and she doesn't care anymore she's like you know i'm a witch and i'm not conforming to your societal norms here i am and you know what if you get in my way i'm gonna hex you Yeah. (laughs)
1: yeah 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 and and she but at the same time she's not a horrible person you know she's no. just very much herself and she doesn't yeah. like seeing her daughter try to fit in where and make herself smaller than she is that's that's yeah. how i see it and that's even how i saw it as a child i was like yeah. samantha is making herself smaller yes and and that's that's never a good thing. Even if you think you're doing it for love, it does not end well. No. Um it, it just doesn't. Now, I, I did the same thing with my first marriage. So, you know, uh-huh. I may have understood it, but I still did it. So whatever, uh-huh. you know. I, I mean, same. Same with me. I mean, you
0: know, I... I... I'm on my second marriage now, and I've had long-term relationships in between, but my first marriage, no, I was the same. I was the the Samantha. I tried to be the Samantha of the situation, and it just didn't. It doesn't work. If you make yourself, like you said, smaller, it will never work out. You have to be you and all your, mm-hmm. you know,
1: and all your All, all of, all yeah, all of your yeah. glory and mistakes and all of your faults and yeah. great, beautiful, parts of yourself you have to you have to be all of it because yeah and I eventually we, it yeah. just goes badly yes yes and i think that's what we see in
0: endora whereas like with you know and of course this is decades and decades later after the wizard of oz but i mean the wizard of oz has a clear cut the good witch and the bad witch where within mm-hmm. Dora you see this integrating because yes, she loves her, her, her daughter, she loves her granddaughter, she tolerates Durwood. Um but so she you see the integration of the the the, the shadow and the 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 you know the bad witch and, and the good witch and, and, and sort mm-hmm. of the light and the love and that kind of stuff right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So she is a more strategy. fleshed out character. Yeah.
1: Yes, she straddles the balance between the two. She leans a little more heavily towards the uh, darker side, but I think it's she's jaded. I, I think I think that's part of it. It it comes with age, and mm-hmm. she's just you know she doesn't see in human culture, in non magical culture, the attraction. So she's yeah. she's gonna lean more towards the shadow i suppose but even so she does as i recall she does and now i can't come up with a an example of course but i seem to recall she helped Durwood out once or twice she did she did
0: I she wasn't she did. you know yeah it's like she there were t- there were there were some episodes where she kind of gave him a bit of a pass or she you know she wasn't like the total Bad mother-in-law type, but I think her motivation really was love for Samantha and and her daughter and her granddaughter. And I think mm-hmm. that in the later episodes, when Tabitha comes along, she's a little bit more softer, yeah. Than uh, you know, than she, than she, at least towards towards uh, Darren there, Durwood. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I always think of him as Durwood too. It's it's not very nice, but here yeah. we are.
0: One of my favorite episodes from that was when they actually met the fairy tale witch. When um, the, the Tabitha, the, the the grandchild or Samantha's daughter, who's also a witch, goes into uh, into a storybook and meets a storybook fairy tale witch, and uh, and how Samantha and and I believe Endora's part of that one as well have to go into the fairy tale and sort of tangle with the fairy tale witch as right. as actual you know modern witches versus this this fairy tale witch so it's kind of funny. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that is a good one. I had forgotten about that one. Now I'm going to have to see if it's on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, witches you know in in modern society uh you know generally you know I I haven't watched as much of the modern uh era television shows like uh Sabrina or um Buffy with mm-hmm. with the witches in there but i've I still I understand that attraction i I really really do and I think it's absolutely wonderful that we have positive versions of witches mm-hmm Almost as often now as we have negative versions of witches. Or very, and... very well-rounded
0: versions of, of witches. Because some of these witches, like even with Sabrina, I like the show. I know that there are some people that don't. Because the she starts off as a satanic witch. And then they, right. they eventually progress um, towards uh, towards Echity, I believe. They, yeah. go, they go through a progression from from Satan to to Lilith to or but they're but they're all it's it's if you, these types of shows, of course, they're fiction, but they've got that that archetype that is fun. I mean, these, these are young women that are you know they're 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 strong, they're you know they're doing their own thing, they're outside of societal norms. I mean, um, uh, it, with Sabrina, they they do uh, explore. Um, Uh, transgender relationship and and other things so I I appreciated that about um Mm -hmm. Sabrina and of course I love Willow but I also I really liked um you know no matter what our feelings are towards JK Rowling I liked Harry Potter I would read this with my own daughters and I really liked Hermione Granger because
1: Hermione's amazing
0: isn't she a wonderful character for a little witch? And I mean, she's out there, she's an activist, you know, she was, you know, fighting for the rights of Dobie and the house elves. And, you know, she didn't care even the way she was portrayed, you know, um, in, uh, in the screen version, you know, I mean, she's got this wild hair and she's just, you know, she's, this wonderful little character and she doesn't care about, you know, trying to fit in or or wearing all pink with the, having the latest, this, that she's this wonderful little character. And, you know, again, this is, um, this is one of the positive ways that pop culture has explored um, which is, I think is, is through characters like that. You know, I know with my own daughter who's very much an activist and that she loves Hermione. I I quote my daughter in the book as to what Hermione meant to her growing up, you know? Um, So, so she's another good one, I think. Oh
1: yeah. I loved, you know, there's a, there's a thing about Hermione that I love everybody in the, the witching world has these house elves and they're slaves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Hermione who grew up in the muggle world in the Mm -hmm. normal human world knows that slavery is horrible. You Mm -hmm. know, she, she, she knows from history. She's like, no guys, this is completely unacceptable. And it's interesting. My younger child who is transgender gender fluid mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh they've they've they're of course irritated with jk rowling because yes, obviously, of um yeah. <laughs> but you know even so they've created this idea of there needs to be an entire department of muggle studies in hogwarts and all of the witching schools in europe because there are things that muggle society does way better than the magical world and one of them has to do with the enslavement of house elves and the general treatment of magical creatures yeah and so they've made up an original character and uh their friend has made up an original character and then it it turned out that you know my older daughter who's, you know, mm-hmm. 31, decided to get in on the fun. And so they've created this entire uh, Department of Muggle Studies for Hogwarts, you know, in the in the age when Harry and Hermione and Ron's children go to Hogwarts, that there'd be this whole yeah. little study of, of Muggle society. And there's Muggle history so mm-hmm. that, you know... You learn things like uh, slavery's bad, y'all, and non-magical yeah. people figured that out, like, way before you d- you guys did. What's up with that? Uh, <laughs> things like <laughs> that, you know? Yeah, and, then yeah. th- and then there's people who are like, you know, science. Y- you can have science and magic. It's not, you know, wh- why do you have to use magic to light a lamp? Mm-hmm. Just Just have a light. <laughs> you yes. don't need to you know <laughs> you know solar power is a thing y'all it's yeah. not you know so that you know ron's dad mm-hmm. isn't considered such a big old weirdo because he likes mm-hmm. things like cars so yeah i i really i really enjoy the fact that one of the characters in harry potter yes she's looked down upon by some of the other witches and wizards, the, you know, the death eater contingent as being yeah. muggle born, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter. And in fact, yeah. it's positive and she brings positive things to the wizarding world. Exactly. So exactly. I, so she's a wonderful character. She is. She is. Mm-hmm. I, I love her dearly. Yeah. um, and and I really love Emma Watson's portrayal of her. She's Yeah. I she just she just really fits the way I saw her in my head. Her facial expressions. Yes. You yes, know, definitely. And and her her just general She's just rolls her eyes better than just about anybody in the world. She does. She really does. <laughs> 'Cause honestly, as I'm reading along, sometimes, you know, something will happen in the books and, and I'll just roll my eyes and be like, Oh guys, it's not yeah. that hard. Treat people yeah. decently, you know.
0: Exactly.
1: Even um, if they're
0: just the, the you know, the, the house, you know, elf. Yeah. <laughs> even the yeah. low even the lowest spirits deserve to be treated with dignity and you
1: Exactly. Know. Exactly. Yeah. You know this. This comes back to my idea of Miss Manners' guide to ghost hunting. <laughs> don't be a yeah. jerk.
0: Don't yeah. go in
1: there it, yelling at the spirits. Why? <laughs> don't do that.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I'm. I'm actually. I'm writing a book on ghosts now. It's going to be probably. I don't know. It just. It started evolving itself, and I. And I've been thinking about what you said, and I'm probably gonna. It definitely include something about that about you know etiquette in the spirit yeah. world, and you know if this is you know your beloved dead you, you know or someone's sure. someone someone's spirit that you know they deserve dignity
1: yeah right? yeah. yeah i mean as uh, look it's like you don't go into a living person's house and treat them shabbily you don't yell at them you yeah. don't act rude, you don't act entitled, you don't poke at them. you I mean, you just don't do these things. So if you believe that a ghost is the spirit of a human, why would you not treat them with the same respect and dignity that you would treat another human? Yeah, exactly. Which does, yeah, it does not speak highly of the personality of people when they're you know, disrespectful that way. It's it just doesn't. Um mm-hmm. and then if they're not human, if you think that they are entities that have never been human and that may be more powerful than you, then you know why are you that's like going up to a bear in the woods and punching him in the nose. I it's not a good idea. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
0: But I mean that's that's definitely Definitely a future conversation, I think. <laughs> oh yeah, we can have we can a do, whole... we, can do a, we do a whole show on ghost hunting and because um, it was something and... I did. And like I said, I don't know why, but this book is itching to get out. So I'm kind of writing this alongside the the Cosmic Witch Two book, the uh, the second volume of that. But uh, we'll definitely have to touch more on that as well. And yeah, you know, and uh... and using using the craft to to explore, you know. Yes. Uh you know, these these haunted places and locations and, and using the tools of the witch.
1: Yes. Yeah. I think that's that's that is a great feature discussion. Well, now we know what we're gonna talk about when you come back. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um but I wanted to talk about a book that I don't know if you've read it, but if you haven't, you should take a take a look at it. It okay. is called The Once and Future Witches by Alex Harrow, H-A-R-R-O-W. It's a no, piece of fiction. Yeah. Uh-huh. It is set in an alternate 19th century United States. Okay. And it ties... it. Uh, basically what happened in this world, in this version of Earth, is uh-huh. there were witches. And the Burning Times basically sort of oppressed witches to the point where they no longer had power and witches in this world were women and the, the magic that women did was witchcraft. And then there's male magic as well. Um, that is more aligned with making objects, um, more aligned with, uh, building things. It's very, it's very gendered. And Mm -hmm. in this world, the suffrage movement happens. Okay. And at the same time, witches start coming back and becoming part of the suffrage movement. Now, it's not that, that there has not been witches. It's just they've been operating underground and quietly around the edges, but it ties together the idea of the suffragettes being witches, like they were accused of in the 19th century as a means to belittle them, make them sound silly. Well, this, this, this asks the question, well, what if they were? And then it starts asking other questions. Well, why is magic gendered? Does it have to be mm-hmm. gendered? What happens if a boy is born but feels more like a girl? And so mm-hmm. questions of gender identity come in, questions of what it means to be male or female come in. So it's, a, it's a, I thought that it would be kind of, I didn't think it would be as fun as it was. Because these are serious questions, you know; these are yes. pretty heavy questions. So I was like, "Oh God, this is going to be depressing," you know. <laughs> but it mm-hmm. wasn't. the The author uses a light touch. She does not uh, pander to the audience. She doesn't uh, treat it in a in a way that's light in a disrespectful way, but more mm-hmm. of a dark humor kind of way like the protagonists have a very dark sense of humor and mm-hmm. the main protagonists are Appalachian so I was like oh. this hits all the buttons yeah. <laughs> for yeah it sounds so good yeah definitely it's, if it's one that I got to the end and I was like does it have to stop can we write another novel of, about this nice
0: yeah no definitely if you can shoot me a message because i i won't i won't remember
1: otherwise but yeah it's
0: definitely sounds like something i'd want to have on my reading list
1: yeah it's a good one and it's fun Mm -hmm. and uh it it has issues of race Mm -hmm. and it just it just hits all of the the you know top it's very topical to now but it's done in a way that's historically accurate so it's a lot of fun, but it's not historically accurate in the boring, oh my God, the 19th yeah. century kind of way. You yeah. You know, it's, it's historically accurate in a way that people will like.
0: Oh, well, it sounds interesting. Yeah. It's, a, yeah. it's an
1: interesting question.
0: And surely, I, I, I'm quite certain that um, despite the, the, the name, that in their own way, they, they were. These were women, you know, reclaiming a power that had yes. been suppressed for you know uh, millennia at this yeah. point um, because if you think about it you know i mean in the ancestral societies that we had like you know going back thousands and thousands of years you know the witches they were the, they they were revered as as the healers you know, mm-hmm. they 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 were sought after for wisdom and 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 you know and and their ability to sort of be in tune with the natural cycles, which was just so important for our our food mm-hmm. and our living and that. And then when you start seeing the, the the patriarchal society take root, this is when you know the term witch. Or witches become a bad thing, right? right? So, these women that were fighting for their right to be, you know, to own property, to have their own damn bank accounts, to, to, to have dignity within their society, to, to, to rise up, well, they were just, they were reclaiming the witch in their own mm-hmm. way. So, it's, it yeah. is a very interesting question. I could see how it could be a really fun book to read, um, even if it is fictional like it's 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 playing on real things, right,
1: mhm-, right yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and and it's one of those that i I sat down to read it, thinking, yeah, I'll get up and and you know do the laundry and cook dinner, and oh my God, it's like eight o'clock at night, <laughs> oh yeah. I guess, yeah, oops, yeah. uh, but it's really good, so i I highly recommend that for for everybody uh another thing I was gonna point out, um. A lot of people kind of look down on uh, Charles Leland's book, Aradia, the Gospel of Witches. But it's one of the first books that I read about supposedly historical witchcraft. And Mm -hmm. it's about uh, Northern Italian witchcraft at that. And I have since learned that he probably did did have an informant. He didn't make it all up off the top of his head. Mm-hmm. Um, he he actually, the Madalena actually mm-hmm. probably existed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things about this book, which is mostly a sort of mythology of where witchcraft came from in Northern Italy and mm-hmm. a liturgy of it. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons I was attracted to this as a young teen was because it specifically says that the witches are in opposition to oppressors. Yes. It specifically says that we rebel against those who would hold us down. Those who treat us as less than they are. Mhm. And of course this this you know you could probably write about this way better than I could but you know Italian uh political history is way different than what people think of as Italy now. You know Americans yes. tend to think Italy was always Italy <laughs> that that, mm. that it wasn't a bunch of city states and that it yeah. was Yeah. Yeah, Americans don't get that very easily most of the time we're we're a radio
0: where where that was born so i believe that um that the informant actually was where i'm living now which is amelia romagna and that this knowledge was passed forward in florence which is actually very close to where i'm i currently Mm -hmm. live i'm maybe about a half hour the other side of the mountain of florence so um at that point in time I mean, Italy has only really been a republic since 1861, I think. But before that, it was all like little city-states, little fiefdoms and whatnot. And where Aradia came from, that had been a papal state. So Emilia-Romagna had been a papal state for about 700 years. And people were really rebelling already at that point. Um, So when you read Aradia, there, there are literal curses there. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that is really yep. going at the priests and such, and it's because um, they're, you know, they 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 had this sort of yoke of the church for so long um, that I think that it it's to me it's not shocking at all that Aradia and the witches that were here from that time frame that were operating on the on the edges would, um, you know, would would culminate with this this wonderful book whether whether you want to believe it is is 100 accurate or or partially myth or it really is 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 a wonderful piece of literature especially i like to take it out to the lake um there we have a little mountain lake here that i've been enjoying especially in the heat uh and 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 i like to commune with the spirits there and and i also i read from Aradia. Um, and I know that, yeah, there is controversy around it and, and, but I mean, no matter what we want to think of it, it really, it, it, it gave a stepping stone to modern Wicca as we know Mm -hmm. it. There's many things that were pulled from that. And yeah, and in Italy, um, especially in this, in this region, they were really like under the the sort of yoke of the church for so long. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, and there were other. There's a there's another figure, a historical figure that was around the same time frame <laughs> here. That um, he's like a Robin Hood like figure, uh, and nobody disputes the fact he was a he was a real person. But he was kind of um, running around and, you know, sacking the churches and stealing their wine and giving it to the poor and this and this and that. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> excellent uh,
0: yeah so there's so there there's a lot going on and 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 putting it in the context of that, that time frame you can see how yeah i i believe that there probably was you know an informant that was that was but how much of that is was you know myth or myth making or and to me does it does it really matter you know how no. much of these you know bibles and things and other uh, holy texts how much of it is accurate history versus mythology right like we're
1: exactly you
0: know so does it does it really matter it's how it makes us feel it's how it it, how we how it how it 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 works for us how it empowers us and yes Yes. it does deal with oppression and yeah the the church especially in that time frame was very oppressive here Mm -hmm. you know um i think part of the story of italy and how it came to be a republic happened in bologna um because there was a little um a jewish boy who uh was growing up in the papal state and uh he became sick and this family had a a catholic um housemaid and she i guess thought she was doing the right thing by this boy because he was very sick and she um baptized him okay Mm. And the child recovered, but he was a baptized Catholic, although he Mm. he was with Jewish parents. And what happened is, is that the church came and took the boy and uh, because he could not, because there was a church uh, mandate and the law, the police were controlled by the church at this point said, well, this boy cannot be raised in this household, he's Catholic, he cannot be raised by non-Catholics, so they took the boy, he was literally became a ward of the Pope, and uh, and, and, and was not uh, returned to the family, because the family is freaking out, their child has been literally stolen by the, the you know, the papal authority, and... Um, they refused to return this child to his to his parents and then eventually the child was shipped off to a monastery in in britain as i understand and he grew up and he became a priest and and completely you know because he had been converted they made sure he remained catholic but this created such a stir that the um the, the the people that were trying to work against the, the the papal state in Emilia-Romagna, they began getting support from outside countries, from uh, other areas of Europe, because this was so outrageous. And this yeah. literally, it was at that point that the papal state kind of dissolved, and that helped to uh, formulate the the new, um, the republic as it was kind of put together at that point in 1860s. And this is recent history. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, you can, and this is this is all going on at the time when Aradia was being written. It was in that sort of era mm-hmm. of of Italy's formative years. So yeah, it's it 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 touches on if you understand the history behind it, you can see the plausibility behind this these you know these women and 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 what they were doing at that time.
1: Yeah. 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 I was lucky because my dad is is a history, uh, he's he's sort of an armchair amateur historian. Mm -hmm. And one of his favorite places when he was in the Navy was Italy. And while he was Mm -hmm. there, he learned some about Italian history. And then, of course, when he came home from the Navy, he read about it. So I remember, um, I don't remember what someone had said about Italy. And he said, well, you realize that, you know, you're talking about Italy in the 19th century. like, it wasn't really Italy. (laughs) It wasn't a republic. You know, so that was my first sort of understanding. And so I said, what do you mean Italy wasn't Italy? Because I was a younger child at the point, at that point. And -hmm. he said, well, when you talk about Italian food and Italy and the Italian language he's like this is not he's like Italy each each of the regions was its own city state and they were independent of each other for mm-hmm. you know hundreds and hundreds of years and they have their own culture
0: and then their said, own and, languages
1: too. and their own languages and mm-hmm. he said so when you talk about Italian food in Italy they're going to look at you like what are you talking about because yeah. you have the food of Tuscany, you have the food of uh, Rome. He's mm-hmm. like you—you you don't have Italian food, and he said, and besides that, what we think of as Italian is Italian American. Yes, and he said so. It's a completely different thing, and mm-hmm. so of course, you know, I was. I ended up to be a chef so of course I'm like all about you know will explain to me this about food and that's when I started reading cookbooks and
0: uh, <laughs> you know well, yeah, well food seems to be very important in every region of Philly, but it is it, but it but it is but it it is very different it's like it's very different from like say Veneto to you know like you yes. said like Rome or Genoa that they all have their own specialties and yes they they even have their own and it's more than just colloquialisms or or oh, dialect they some of them have like it's they their own languages like different words mean different Mm -hmm. things and this also translates into the magical community as well because of course with folk magicians you know um and and folk witches and that you you each kind of have your own you know like here in Emilia-Romagna because Celts were here for so long you have this you have this Celtic flavor to mm-hmm. some of the witchcraft that's going on here and 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 you see this expressed in people there's many people here that are that you know they look like they they could be displaced from Ireland because they're they have the the ginger the beautiful ginger hair and that and so it's not necessarily what you might think of as you know the typical like american way of thinking of an italian or which mm-hmm. translates more to an italian american than
1: you know right than, Many and, of whom came from the yeah. southern part of the, the re you know yeah. the southern regions, yeah. yeah. My, I mean it, it it goes even as far as my dad saying you know Jesus wasn't blonde. It no. was that you know all <laughs> of the Renaissance artists were working up in the northern part of you know yeah. Italy up in Tuscany and Emilia Romagna. Yeah. Particularly Tuscany though. Mm-hmm. And the people up there are blonde haired, blue-eyed, green eyed, ginger haired, light brown hair, pale skinned. Yeah. He said, you know, you think of Italian, you think of your your aunt, who's, you know, who's, you know, you know, part Sicilian. That's not yeah. what everybody in Italy looks like. He said, I didn't know that until I was in the Navy and went to all the different ports in Italy. And was yeah. completely confused. <laughs> he yeah. said, because in America, we think of Italians as one people, one language group, one cuisine. It's not true. And no. so that's that's when I so later when I was reading Aradia, I was like, oh, you know, and I looked at the publication date and I went, oh. Yeah. So that's, yeah, yeah. that's an interesting little bit of, of history, but mm-hmm. also I just love the fact that the, that the gospel of witches talks about, you know, we'll be naked in our rights to show that we're free yes from oppression also, because it will upset the priests to no end. Um, yes. <laughs> that's not what they say, but that's part of what they mean. I'm sure. Oh yeah, no, Absolutely.
0: And so, put in its context, you can see because at that point, like I mean, women here were being told like they they already started in my, in my book. I write about a, a few of the feminists, the early feminist um, which is that were here in. Emilia Romagna and I mean like they were even being told how they 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 needed to dress they always had to be covered they had to be this and they're they're like looking at women from other regions of what is the Italy didn't exist then but from these other like city states like you know Tuscany or, or Genoa or whatever and they're like why do I have to do this why do I have to conform to this and it was all about the church you know mm-hmm. um so you know of course they were rebelling right yeah right but uh it was also very dangerous for them, too, uh, because, we, you know, there was more here in the north. Um, there was far more of a problem with the Inquisition. And then, of course, people being executed as witches. Like this is, you know, here yeah. and, in, and in Austria and in Germany, this is where really you see the hammer of the witches. So it was yes. also a very dangerous, dangerous time for women, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. And, and Germany is another one of those places that was not Germany for very yeah. long. No. That, you know, back in in history, it was a bunch of even smaller city states and warring mm-hmm. principalities. And it was a sort of a hotbed mess of of uh, yeah. violence and all sorts of things happening. Um, there was a exactly. lot of intellectual stuff, a lot of good stuff. Um, and the Holy Roman Empire sort of mushed it together, but not very well uh, no. <laughs> so you you got all kinds of personalities happening in there with the royals and all sorts of things, but yeah, that's where that's where the the witch burnings were particularly bad was yes, yeah, northern Italy up in mm-hmm. in germany parts of france all of all of that general area austria is terrible yeah. um so yeah it's well it's yeah Go that's ahead. where the
0: hammer of the witches came from was was uh Tyrol, which is still like it's parts of South Tyrol now are part of Italy and so they speak German there. Which mm-hmm. is <laughs> like that's another thing that can be confusing for people that are not, you know, familiar with Italy as a country now, is that you know, parts of the far north and, and into the Dolomite area and that they speak German.
1: Yeah. They're like yeah. but they're
0: Italian. <laughs> they speak <Yeah>. German. <laughs> you know?
1: So like, and then yeah. there's Switzerland, where there's three languages that people speak, and yeah. So it, it and, can, So
0: this is this is literally from where this this Gospel of the Witches, you know, sprang from, and also to the Hammer of the Witches, which became the 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 blueprint of of kind of horror that also went into the New World, you know.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, Spranger and Kramer uh Heinrich Springer and I don't remember Kramer's first name Matthew maybe uh but yeah they were they were two uh monks who had I would say really messed up imaginations and uh they wrote what was called the Malleus Maleficarum which was the the hammer of witches and it was a witch hunters bible essentially and, you know, talked about what witches do. And that's really where a lot of our uh, Western European, British, mm-hmm. and American idea of the malefic witches comes from. yeah, it was it was literally the, I mean, there were
0: ideas about it before that, but this really coalesced the idea of of um the Satanic witch. And I'm talking about the satanic witches portrayed in, in, in *Malice Maleficarum, I'm not the, you know, a person who might identify today as a Satanist who is also a witch, and that's completely something different. But this was the idea of where you where you start getting, you know. Um, and and I think I think too with these with one of them anyway, they were very obsessed with with uh, you know sexuality and and. Yeah. You know, it 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 just it it became a a shit show because of this this particular book. Um yeah. which was, you know, d- described ways of torturing people. Um you know, including men and children and animals and, you know, in in as a means to, you know, uh
1: proc- procuring confessions and and such. Which horrible. of course, yeah. people will confess to anything if you're torturing them. Of course. Um, you know. so you get a self-fulfilling prophecy because yeah. you're looking for a specific, uh, uh, answer. Mm-hmm. And so you ask the question under torture, you will get that answer. Uh, yeah.
0: and then they would and, do this in publicly, like they would, they would force yeah.
1: confessions in front of
0: the whole village or in front of the whole, like here in Bologna in and, um, in the city square, they burned witches. And they would for, they would make it into a big spectacle. And of course, these people are making their confessions and they, they would, uh, you know, it, it would reinforce, like you said, that these ideas that, okay, they're confessing to this, that this must be true and, you know. Um, and so it just perpetuates from there, these ideas yeah. of, you know, oh, you know, my, my, my cow is sick. It must be the, the old lady down the lane because I don't like her kind of thing,
1: you know yes and that's that's just yeah that's that's where all of that came from and then uh king james of england got a hold okay. of that sort of idea he was witch mad um he was he really believed in witches and mm-hmm. all of that mess in the 17th century and so mm-hmm. that's where the the british witch Craze kind of happened and why it mm-hmm. happened. And he also is the person who patron who, who paid for the quote unquote King James version of the Bible, which in America and uh Britain is what most of us grew up with. Mm-hmm. Uh now we have better translations, but his translation, you know, stuff like the very famous passage, suffer not a witch to live. Uh, Mm -hmm. It actually doesn't say that. If you go back to the original text, it says, suffer not a poisoner to live. And what they're talking about in that passage is a poisoner of wells. Yeah, And in the Middle Eastern area of the world where this Mm -hmm. was written, it was in the Old Testament. uh, It's a very arid place. It's not all desert, but Mm -hmm. it is dry. And yeah. so if somebody poisons a well they're essentially poisoning an entire community. Exactly. And and dooming them to to thirst, you know, they have to move after that or they have to fight with somebody else over their well. So that makes sense. And and mm-hmm. that, but that's not what witches you know, it, it, those weren't considered witches those were people they weren't doing it by magic they were putting you know biological agents of some sort into the well a a plant-based poison or a some sort of filth or or waste to Mm -hmm. to to, you know basically contaminate a water source and you can't really blame somebody in an arid country having a whole water source uh you know, destroyed for getting mad about it and, and treating that very harshly. Uh, but it, that he took that, pa- you know, he and his translators took that passage for political reasons and yeah. changed it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the thing that we grew up hearing and that I grew up hearing, suffer not a witch to live, suffer not a witch to live, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, never really was historically part of the Bible at all.
0: No. And uh,
1: yeah, it's, it's, yeah. (laughs) I know. I I just,
0: it's just overwhelming for me sometimes to really stop and think about the suffering that, you know, the, this, the the immense amount of suffering that that this caused so many people just by this, you know, one person's prejudices and, and will to, to purposefully, misinterpret something, you know. Yeah. To suit their own political agendas. It's just terrible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, there is one place in the Bible where a witch is specifically mentioned. And it is in the old testament. And it's the witch of Endor, which is where Endora's mm-hmm. name came from. So yes. that's interesting um she was she was consulted by King Saul to summon mm-hmm. the spirit of the prophet Samuel. Now, okay. there are other passages of the Bible which basically say don't don't go talking to spirits and don't consult with people who talk with the spirits. Um, I'm trying to remember which book that's in It's also in the Old Testament, but when you're the king, you get to do these things, apparently of course um so Saul was basically trying to ask Samuel how he was going to beat the Philistines in battle that was that was what that was about and she does call up the spirit and he does get his advice um but again that's she's not some you know baby eaten horrible awful creature in that story she just is a woman who is an outsider who has a job to do who is told by the king to mm-hmm. call up a spirit so that he can talk to it. Now as I recall he does this secretly too. So I mean even though he's the king and he can do what he wants he still kind of has to pretend yeah. like he's he's doing the right thing. But <laughs> still it's it's not the same thing as what you know where we were told with the whole suffer not a witch to live.
0: Well, know. and, and this, is, this is the thing too, is that like when we start seeing these, um, the Abrahamic religions come in and the patriarchy start to rise. I mean, this is also political because I mean, at this point, as opposed to having a priestess, where you would go to for divination, where you would go to, you know, for healing in that, you start seeing women becoming more and more suppressed, the, 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 that feminine, you know, being suppressed in favor of, you know, the 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 one God, the one male God, and you have priests. So if you have this this woman that's coming along and saying, okay, I can give you information from the spiritual realm i can dispense you know this and this kind of information to you this kind of negates what the priest is doing that's taking away control so again Mm -hmm. you're you're, you know it's trying to um put down or, or 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 squash the powerful woman you know, or have, or women in a place of power, because, you know, only the priests can, can be in that hierarchy of, of, you know, dispensing from the God. Right. Right. So, um, I think that's part of it too. You know, oh, is absolutely. is 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 switching over to these religions and 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 pushing this, you know, strong, you know, this this strong. There's only this male god, and he's very jealous, and don't take any other gods before him, and you know, which acknowledges that there's other gods. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but, right. But I think it's all 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 part of pushing uh, back against you know the 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 different pagan cults that existed at the time and the different gods and that to. And, and, and that was part of it, you know, mm-hmm. the, the witch had to be demonized, you right. know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And part of that is of course, because witches do, um, at least traditionally, witches, uh, you know, dealt with the spiritual realm with these other beings, with the etheric realm, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, exactly. and that was, that was undesirable for, for the agendas of these people that were bringing in these other religions.
1: So... Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Essentially, witches are are rebels. (laughs) Yes. No wonder you wanted to be like Princess Leia when you weren't a witch. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) You were basically being a witch, but with a blaster instead of a broom. Exactly.
0: Yeah, well, the Um, lightsaber is kind of a wand now, isn't it?
1: (laughs) Isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And a speeder bike looks basically like a broom. So, yeah. Exactly. And she she rode it really well. She did? Yeah. Until she crashed. But she did really well up until then. (laughs) I was like, have you done that before? Or are you just amazing? (laughs) (laughs) What's going on there, Leia? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, but, but yeah. yeah, no, definitely. She, she, she was also. She's another type of of uh, woman, but she kind of fits that archetype too, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I remember being is. ten and having to be Leia for one year, and then right back to the witch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I like that. But it was always rebellious ones. There's, <laughs> oh, there's a there's a theme. I of see course, the theme. Of course. Hmm. Women that don't want to be in the place that they are relegated to. I think that for me, that was probably a large chunk of it was someone who refuses to be fit into a narrow box, a narrow definition, a uh, society that, that society and that family place upon a girl or a woman. I, I just was having none of that. You mm-hmm. know, and speaking yeah. of gender, you know fluidity and oddness i i mm-hmm. when I was a kid, I had long blonde hair, so you know the other kids who played with me always cast me as the princess because that's what I looked like and Then mm-hmm. I saw my dad showed me Robin Hood with Errol Flynn, and I was like, "I wanna be him, yeah, and so I for the longest time, I was like, I am going to grow up to be Errol Flynn. And it didn't happen that way. But, you know, I would, I decided that I was going to be Robin Hood. I was going to be the prince. I was going to be the one. So they were like, but you have long hair. So, you know, I was, I was a stubborn kid. I just put it in a ponytail, stick it down my, my shirt in, in the back. And I was like, there you go. And I'd pick up a stick and that was my sword. And you know, (laughs) That's what yeah. we did. So when I wasn't the witch, I was then the 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 hero. I was the one going out and doing this thing. But again, yeah. what what appealed to me, Robin Hood, again another mm-hmm. rebel. And of course, yes. he's kind of in in England. Uh, Margaret Murray considered him mm-hmm. to be sort of a witch figure as well. Yeah, um, because there were what thirteen of them with Marion? And she considered that to be a coven, and he would have been the priest, and she was the maiden of the coven or the priestess. And, you know, all of the the rest of the merry men were the coveners. So, you know, what I read that as a as an older teen, you know, is before her theories were completely like, okay, she probably made that up, and, and we're not sure where that came from. But, again, it's poetic. It speaks poetically. It speaks symbolically but i read that and i was like see it's always the same (laughs) it's always the rebel the rebel always attracts me so
0: (laughs) no i i totally i totally dig that yeah
1: i'm the same (laughs) and again and that's where the idea that witches aren't always women you know we we there are males there are men who are mm-hmm. witches and they as starhawk says see the divine mm-hmm. feminine within and mm-hmm. without and i mean probably the most famous male witches are gerald gardner and uh i probably i would say in america it would probably be raymond buckland because he brought yeah gardnerianism here to the United States, but there's also Alex Saunders in um England. So there was plenty of witch men, but I, I still, you know, I still think that it's primarily a feminine. I mean, very few men get insulted by being called a witch, do they? No, I I don't think so.
0: <laughs> but I think that I, I don't. T- I, I've never really come across that. Much. Yeah.
1: But I still think that by taking on that name and that title, they are essentially again rebelling and going against societal norms. Yeah. And gender norms because it's so stuck in our head that it's a woman. So, and then of course, you get into the whole LGBTQ community. And witchcraft in that community, and mm-hmm. gender fluidity, and all of those, you know, things. There's this. Yeah. I like to think of it as a cauldron, sort of a bubbling cauldron, and all of these these symbols and archetypes and mm-hmm. myth mythologies and stories are all thrown in there and bubbling together and creating something that's both old and new.
0: Yes, that's, I think you've, you've hit that one perfectly. Yeah. I, 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 as I'm, I'm envisioning this as we're, as you were speaking, I'm, I'm seeing the cauldron and, and it's cool. I really like that.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah, And I think that's, that's why I am attracted to the word witch. And yeah, I could call myself a healer, but that's not all I do. Mm hmm. Um, I could call myself a diviner, but that's mm-hmm. not all I do. And besides, people will be like, "Like divine? Are you divine? Yeah. Are do you? What yeah. you know?" Um, I could call myself a mage, but that's mm-hmm. not all I do. I which is sort of encompasses all of those things, and it encompasses the darker side of magic as well. Yes. Because the shadow is important to all of us, and we all have to confront our shadow. I'm very much on Jung's side with that. Yeah, I I am as well. I think a lot of psychological issues we have as a society has to do with not looking at our shadows. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think witches are more apt to do that and more able to do that. Definitely. And, I, and, I and it
0: is important psychologically, I, I am with Jung as well, to, uh, to explore the darker aspects of ourselves and to, and to in, integrate it in a healthy way, yes. you know, into us as a whole, you know, it, it's part of what makes us who we are, you know. Yeah. And I, I do think that witches are, are less likely to, to be afraid of exploring those things. You know, and that's another reason why I think people um, do want to take on that mantle of of, of witch, because it, uh, as we begin going through the, that process and 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 working on our craft, you know, um, mm-hmm. it helps us to become more whole.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. and uh, also transformation. Yes, I think that's the other. You know, I don't want to call myself a transformer because that has completely different connotations. It's like, is she a car? Is she a robot? What is she? Yeah. (laughs) Um, But witches transform things. Mm -hmm. And that is part of what we do. We transform ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, We transform our environments. Yes. We transform our. Our homes, our minds—we make art that transforms others. Mm-hmm. That's large chunk of that. You know, you you paint, you write, yeah. mm-hmm. um, so you transform things. You take something mundane like a a canvas that's blank, mm-hmm. and you create something that invokes an emotion or a reaction. From in someone else that is the essence of magic yes so mm-hmm. yeah that's that's part of what witches do i think they
0: yeah witches make things happen mhm they
1: do you know we, we don't are sit agents, on the s-
0: agents of change yes you
1: know? we don't yes. sit on the sidelines yeah Exactly. And, and I think that's that's a very powerful thing for women particularly to look at. But I think at this point, because in Western society we've kind of given up power to the powers that be mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, that that it's really attractive to, to everyone to understand that there are things that you can change, that you can grow, that you can make things happen, Mm -hmm. that you don't have to just sit there and accept the ideas that are fed to you through media, that you can take those ideas into yourself and change them, or you can reject them outright and come up with your own ideas. I mean, that's the beauty of the internet, Um, You know, there's bad sides to the internet. I'm not, I'm not a, you know, I'm not going to deny that. But there's a lot of good that comes of the internet as well. And one of them is that you can create Uh content of your own and put it out there for other people and ideas spread. That can be bad, but it also is a very strong force for good and for transformation of yourself and others and society at large yeah so why i'm i'm really
0: big on the idea of keeping uh the internet free of Mm -hmm. of uh corporate control and that's a other separate issue but um you know there are those uh corporations and governments that would like to have total control of the internet and that is not good so So we have to be aware of that as well, especially when we're looking at times of, you know, elections come up and that's one of the things I always look for is, you know, who's supporting freedom of the Internet? Because, you know, like you said, there are bad things to it, but there's also very good things. And there's also, you know, like I've met people like, you know, like you through the Internet. Yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, exactly. otherwise
0: I wouldn't have been able to meet and, and learn from and, you know, and, and have some camaraderie with, with people that are interested in things that I'm interested in. You know, pre-internet, it was hard. You oh, know? yeah. It was, hard. It was very but difficult. You, even, you know, even to find a good book on, on on witchcraft. And that wasn't easy as you're growing up in the suburbs or, you know, you don't have a local occult shop handy. So, yeah, kind of, you know. And kind yeah. of we re- reliant on the, on, 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 you know, Bewitched and, yeah, <laughs> and Dora exactly. and then all these things to try and,
1: and negotiate the world of witchcraft. Exactly. Yeah.
0: You know, it,
1: it, again, it isn't really a separate issue. Um, I'll quote Starhawk. The personal is political yeah. and the political is personal. It, it's a, it's a circle, you know, it goes yeah. around um, and that's, that brings us into feminism, which we've kind of danced around in this whole discussion. But yeah, I feel like feminism is a type of witchcraft. I mean, I, I I can't remember who it was. I think it was Pat Robertson, but it may have been a different televangelist. They all run together in my head after a while, who said that, Feminism was making women leave their husbands and families, go out into the world, take up witchcraft, and become lesbians. You know that. (laughs) That sounds like
0: something that Robertson would say.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I, I, a friend of mine had a T-shirt with that on it, Mm -hmm. and I thought it was brilliant. I mean, right there, there's the patriarchy running in terror from. The simple idea that women are human beings and should be treated equally, which is what feminism is. Yes. We should be treated with the same respect, dignity, and accorded the same legal rights as men. Boom. There it is. Yes. That's it. That's a very simple idea. But mm-hmm. boy, a bunch of baggage has been attached to that. And it it causes such heart palpitations among women. Uh, People who are privileged by the patriarchy. Yeah. And it, it causes consternation. And the way I felt as a feminist was if you're going to throw witches in the mix, well, there you are. Fine. Then, then that's what I am. You called me that one too many times. Now you're in for it. <laughs> because <laughs> because yeah. there we are. Yeah. No, I,
0: I, I, totally agree. You know, um, I mean, and I've never shied away from the word feminist. I, 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 am a feminist. I'm a female. Why wouldn't I be a feminist? Exactly. You know, I, you know, I have three daughters. So of, of course I'm a feminist, um, you know, and, and, and the, again, the witch, the witch is as, 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 as a symbol, you know, it is an icon. Uh, absolutely is feminist you yeah. know if you think about it the way the way she's been constructed um and there and there's nothing wrong with that because again going back to the idea of you know beating down the oppression right mm-hmm. rising above liberating oneself i mean you know these are not new or newer ideas these go back centuries and they you know, the, the the women that were being, you know, labeled witch or, you know, being dragged away. These were powerful women. These were women that were living outside the patriarchy. You know, mm-hmm. these were the sex workers. These were people that were using, in some cases, I in in the book, I, I touch briefly on uh, two Venetian uh, women that... um you know, they they lived in the 17th century. There was no husbands. There was no. They were sex workers who used um, fortune telling to support themselves as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and you know, of course, they were labeled as witches. And then, they, in this case, they were not. Um, they eventually got past these charges and, and lived out their lives. But as um, they had, they had powerful powerful connections in in society. These two, anyway. So they escaped the, the burnings, but, uh, but again, it, like, these are women that are living outside of what the, the patriarchal society expects them to be, you know? Yes. And because of that, they become dangerous. They be, you know, they're demonized. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it, and that's exactly what, what, you know, we see in the first and second and third waves of feminism. And now, you know, we see the, the rise of, of things like the Me Too movement, Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, we should be naming our oppressors, you know, and, and, and we, at the same time, you see this strong, strong movement of, um, you know, of, 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 of witches, people, people rising up and, 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 and reclaiming that word and, and being really fine, taking that on and saying, yeah, I'm a witch, you know?
1: Yeah. And why, uh, why be afraid to say it?
0: Exactly. And I, and I see it like I've, I've recently created a TikTok. I have a lot of fun with TikTok because I, I, I find it very creative and, and it's just fun and it's like just a burst of stuff. And there's witch talk and I know that there's, you know, controversy surrounding witch talk. It's a lot of younger people. And of course, there's drama there too. But what I like is I like seeing all these various young people. Um, from all over the world, making these creative little things and, 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 you know, and shifting realities and doing little witch things and stuff. And it's, it's, it's just to me, just seeing the diversity Mm -hmm. is, is really cool.
1: You know, it'll, it also gives you an idea of numbers. Yeah. You know, um, neo-pagan religions have been growing pretty much Mm -hmm. throughout my life yeah and they grow very quickly. um, -hmm. And and that's good and bad because everything Mm -hmm. is good and bad. Yes, just like the good witch of the north might not be exactly good, and the wicked witch of the west might not be completely bad. Mm -hmm. There's good and bad to everything, dark and light. But it is really really interesting to see that in creating these little tiny videos, Mm -hmm. they are creating their own small of reality and that is exactly what witchcraft is it's creation and transformation yeah and that is to me that is just amazing and they're using the internet and a technological platform to do it Mm -hmm. you know magic and technology hello jk rowling magic and technology (laughs) are not mutually exclusive magic can happen on a technological platform. Of and I would say can. I would say that frankly magic is spread by technological platforms because of say mm-hmm. the printing press. Yes. So Exactly. You know, without the printing press we don't have books, without books we don't have dissemination of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Without dissemination of knowledge we can't disseminate both education, religion, and, and witchcraft. We, we can't yep. do it. So even the simplest technologies, which actually it wasn't that simple at the time, movable type is kind of a pain in the butt, but mm-hmm. it's amazing how many things change with a simple technology like that. And magic grows with the technology. It grows with the times. It does so, yeah, I, no, we're, I, we're on the same page <laughs> yeah, I, I think so, um, which is why i I wanted to have you in on this this talk because i I think that I think this is the kind of thing to me, it seems so obvious, but I don't think it always is. and i I think that people need to hear it. You know, I think they need to hear. Why witches call themselves witches, why we do what we do, why we say what we say, and what witch and witchcraft mean. I mean, and they don't mean the same thing to every person, obviously, but, you know, words have meanings, and the meanings can change over time, which is the whole point of reclamation of a word. Yes, yes. And yeah. so yeah that's why we reclaim something we we are reclaiming not just the negative connotation that was put upon a word but we're reclaiming the power that comes with that word.
0: Yes. And it is it is a powerful word. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean there is there is reason why people do still fear it, you know, but in yeah. part because it, it is so powerful it's empowering you know um it frees us Mm -hmm. you know it does it 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 frees us it liberates us from that oppression
1: yeah Mm -hmm. well do you we've been going for a while is there any anything that we haven't brought up that you want to pick up and run with or throw out there
0: Oh gosh. Um I can't I can't really think of anything. <laughs> I, I, I I think we've we've really, really covered it. Um but I, 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 I agree with you that, you know, sometimes because when when you are a witch and, and you've been doing witchcraft for so long and you know, you forget that yeah, like even in just the way we speak, sometimes we have to stop and and realize that not everybody is on that same page and understands where we're coming from. So it's, it's good. It's good to put it out there, you know, because there, there's still, you know, um, places where, you know, saying you're a witch can get you killed. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Africa, large chunks of Africa. Um, that's one of the places India is another place. Um, Britain, there, there was, uh, A child who was killed in britain because he was believed to be a witch um and he was his family were immigrants from africa um so yeah that it still is a a negatively power powered word so Mm -hmm. some people just may not quite understand why we decided to take that title on to ourselves
0: yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, I've I've done a few um uh like because uh, my book is also translated into Italian so I've done a few things to promote it here in Italy and people some people are still quite surprised at oh, strega. Yeah, and I'm like or they'll say, "Oh, you know, it's, it it makes us feel so good because you're using strega in, in a positive way, you know, mm-hmm. other witches that are here. Um, you know, so it's still that it, there's it's still, I like I said the, the, from the beginning of the the show, the the listener who was kind of like, oh, why would you call yourself witch? I do, I do get that, but mm-hmm. hopefully, hopefully, they have a chance to listen to this show and and realize that no, we're you know we 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 come from all different types of background, but in in general, you know, witches witches are not uh, perhaps what the the more negative pop culture or or historical continuation of what they you know what right. the word means yeah
1: yeah i yeah. think i think so well yeah. thank you for coming thank and talking you. with me it's always a pleasure and definitely whenever you feel like talking about uh ghosts and and ethics and ghost hunting and and good manners (laughs) hit me up yeah, because I'd love um, to talk about that and using the tools of the witch in ghost hunting using the tools of magic um so I I think that would be a a great topic to discuss so anytime when you're ready
0: well thank you so much and and you know what I'm I'm, I could probably talk even you know (laughs) I could probably go on more this evening but I know yeah, but well, we have to cut it off at some point. <laughs> yeah, we do. We, but I do, do I do enjoy talking to you so much. Well, and, thank uh, you. I, yeah, I,
1: I love talking with you. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Ciao, ciao. Well, that's all for this week's episode of the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. If you have any questions or thoughts about the podcast or would like to come and talk about your experiences of the paranormal, you can contact us at 6djk67 at gmail.com. We promise to even answer you, and we are always happy to hear from you. Thank you.